Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Celtics trying to find a way to get back to San Francisco on Sunday. The Warriors can wrap it all up tonight. It could be their fourth title over the last decade. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, not to mention your smart speaker and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And just in anticipation of a game like tonight, with as great of a run as the Celtics have had in this postseason, it is so hard to believe that it could boil down to one statistic, as we have talked about consistently throughout, that the single biggest reason the Boston Celtics would win or lose tonight would simply boil down to them taking care of the basketball. Yeah, that's what it is, Carlin. I I mean, it's about Jason Tatum making sure that he's a playmaker, he takes good shots, but then also protects the basketball, protects possessions, because... Golden State is too good when they're able to get stops, when they're able to get turnovers, especially live ball turnovers that lead to runouts and fast break opportunities in transition. That's when they get it rolling. That's when they're able to build on and make a big lead. And I don't know that the Boston Celtics want to find themselves in a situation where they're trying to crawl out of yet another hole that they create for themselves because of turnovers early on. The namesake of this show is Mike Greenberg. He is with us right now on his way to Boston. Greeny joining us as we speak. Greeny, it's Chris and Chris. Are you on the train right now to Boston? Are you on the train right now to Boston, Greeny? Yeah. I think we're having a little issue with Greeny's phone. I believe he is on the train on the way up to Boston. We will just double check and get him back on the line here uh, in just one sec as he gets ready to host NBA Countdown tonight. He is with us right now. So you are on the train on the way up to Boston as we speak, correct? That is correct. And literally, the second you started saying my name, I heard the phone go out as though it was an act of God. And then... (laughs) As soon as you gave up on me, it came back. So I don't know. I don't know exact. I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign as far as what we're rooting for tonight. But that's what just happened. Well, yeah. Lo- so, Greedy, I got to ask you this question: Is the lights going to go out for the Boston Celtics tonight in Game Six? Are, are they going to get closed out by the Golden State Warriors? I don't think so. Um, I I am going to keep my perfect record alive. I have done twelve pregame shows before Celtic games, and I have picked them all 12 times, and I'm going to make it a perfect 13, a lucky 13, or unlucky, depending on how you look at it, 13 for 13 tonight. But the the thing I like the most about the NBA and the NBA playoffs is that, generally speaking, the best team wins. And I really firmly believe, despite some evidence to the contrary, that the Celtics are the better team, and that ultimately the better team will find a way to win. Now, I just heard what you were saying Chris, and I can't disagree. They turn the ball over. That leads to Golden State opportunities. And the Warriors kill you because those don't lead to twos. They lead to threes. And that's a perfect recipe for losing. It's how they lost game five. It may very well be how they wind up losing this series. But I'm going to go down believing that the better team ultimately will find a way to win. I believe the Celtics are the better team, so I think they will win tonight. Greeny is joining us right now on his way to Boston. It is amazing when we also look at some stats about how poorly the Celtics have played when the games have been close down the stretch, and they actually haven't played a ton of close games. Greeny, as you're watching it, what are you seeing that would 
lend to that being the case? What is it about the Celtics? Is it just tightening up in these spots? It certainly does appear that way. Look, the Celtics were terrible in clutch time all season long, Chris. They were, I keep repeating this stat, but I think it bears repeating. They were 29th in the league in clutch time, the definition of which is a game that is within five points with five minutes or less remaining. They were 29th out of 30 teams in the league. Only the Rockets were worse, and the Rockets were the worst team in the NBA. So this is nothing new. The Celtics do not handle late and close well. It cost them game six against Miami. It could have easily cost them game seven against Miami. So the recipe for Boston clearly is to be comfortably ahead in the fourth quarter tonight, um, which... Again, it's, it's easier said than done against a championship-caliber team like the Warriors. But that is where they have to win from. They have to win from in front because you get them late and close, and all evidence suggests they don't handle it well. We could, we could spend hours trying to dissect exactly why it is. Is it because they don't have a classic point guard? Is it because they tighten up in late-game situations? Um, is it because the guys they're counting on are just young and haven't been through it yet? I can't answer why. But I've seen with my own eyes it happened too many times. So that is, if you're looking for an argument as to why the Celtics don't win, that's clearly the best one. Greeny, you know the numbers for both of these teams this postseason in this position. Golden State in closeout games on the road is 0-3. And the Boston Celtics in elimination games are 3-0. and And they're winning with an average margin of victory of 15 points. How much stock do you put in the recent history for both of these teams this postseason being in this situation? The Golden State won very little. Um, you know, they, they were pretty firmly in control of those series when they let one get away. You know, Denver, even the Memphis game, you know, you sort of take your foot off the pedal a little bit. Well, they lose that game, but literally 50 points. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of taking your foot off the pedal that went on. I can't imagine that tonight. They know what's at stake tonight. Um, I don't put a lot of stock in it from a Golden State perspective. From a Boston perspective, I do. Look, Boston went on the road into Giannis's building and had to beat him to stay alive, and they did. They went on the road into Miami, which is not an easy place to play, against the number one seed in a game seven, and they found a way to get it done. So despite all of the complaining that we just justifiably did about their inability to handle pressure situations, when their season has been on the line, they've found ways to do it on the road. Uh, tonight, they're at home. So I think I think everything points to them personally. I think everything points to them winning tonight. And then I think game seven is your classic toss-up. Greeny, when you look at this game this evening, is there a, a storyline, an aspect, maybe something that we don't pay enough attention to that kind of fascinates you about this game tonight to see what part of it is going to play out and play a big role in the outcome? Well, you know, I, I say this purely self-servingly because in the pregame show for, before game five, we were trying to identify who Steph Curry needed to step up alongside him. This was coming off of the, the, the enormous Steph game in game four. And Jalen and Stephen A. and Michael Wilbon were all talking about how he needed Clay to do this and that and um, uh, Jordan Poole to do this and that. And I just said, hey, guys, have we forgotten about Andrew Wiggins? But this guy was the number one pick in the draft. He's a great two-way player, and he has the potential to go off for 25 points tonight. And then it happened. And I so seldom get things right. 
that I'm going to ride that as long as I possibly can. So, you know, do you realize what they got uh, Andrew Wiggins for? I mean, they gave up nothing, and they got Andrew Wiggins plus a first-round pick that they turned into Jonathan Kaminga, which may not be a name that most fans know yet, but believe me, you all will. Um, so that's going to go down as an unbelievable trade, and I, I, I'd be fascinated to see if he has another huge game. His defense is incredibly effective on the two Celtic stars because he's big enough and physical enough to do it, and he can get you 20 to 25 points. They won't. I don't think they can win tonight if Steph has another bad shooting night. But if Steph shoots well, Wiggins, to me, is more than capable of being his number two uh, and winning a title tonight, you know, on, on enemy, uh, you know, in enemy territory. So I think maybe for self, selfish reasons, I have my eye on Wiggins tonight and see if he can do that again. Green, Greeny, this weekend, the Larry O'Brien Trophy is not the only other major championship trophy that's on hand. We've got the U.S. Open happening at Brookline. I know you're a huge golf fan. Any favorites this weekend for the U.S. Open? Well, I'm just fascinated. Look, I know Brooks Kepka said that he's tired of talking about the live golf stuff. And with all due respect, Brooks, who cares what you're tired of? This is the single biggest story. The single biggest story that has happened really in any major sport in recent memory. What, what we are watching right now is the fracture, the dissolution of the structure of a major sport in this country, and it could play out right in front of our eyes on Father's Day. I mean, envision a scenario where you have Bryson DeChambeau or Dustin Johnson or, God help us, if it's Phil Mickelson – and the final pairing with Rory McIlroy or Justin Thomas or one of these guys, that could, that could happen. Yep. Um, and that is overwhelmingly the story here. Look, Brooks Kepka can say he's tired of it, but his brother is playing on the Live Golf Tour. So th- that is the overwhelming storyline here, and it has completely overshadowed everything else. Th- this event will be about do any of the Live guys wind up winning or, or being at least in major contention on Saturday and Sunday, in which case there'll be no choice but to talk about it endlessly. Uh, Phil Mickelson, who will be looking to complete the Grand Slam and to win the one event that has been achingly uh, absent from his resume, his, his history of heartbreak at the U.S. Open is well documented. Unimaginably, that actually will become clearly the secondary storyline if he is in contention. The story becomes the live of all of this. Um, so so that, that, that story to me dominates the weekend, and I will be fascinated to see how the live guys do. DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, uh, whoever else might be involved, because that, that is the story in golf, not only this week, Chris, but I think for the foreseeable future until some new normal is eventually arrived at. And I don't know how long that's going to take, and I don't know where it's going to be. Uh, Greeny, last one, and uh, I got to question the uh, decision to take the train up. Normally, I'm a big train guy, but I've been watching these promos and commercials for Bullet Train all throughout the postseason, and uh, frankly, it would scare the hell out of me to get onto a train right now and anticipate that happening. Was there any thought to that in your decision? I, I will tell you that when I got on here, I did scan. And uh, if there was anyone named Tangerine, I was getting off. I'll tell you that. The, the goddamn truth is, and, and, and with all nothing but love and respect for all the people working at the airport, I cannot walk into Kennedy Airport again. I have been in Kennedy Airport 
just too many times <laughs> in the last four weeks. I needed one day where I wasn't on an airplane. Um, and so I, I, this is very convenient. It's a nice way to travel. I'm able to jump on the phone with you guys and do whatever else. So it takes a little longer, but it's actually a very nice way to go. So I am on the train, but I will say this. If I see Brad Pitt throw a bottle into anybody's head, I will call back and let you know. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe then get off in New London if that's the case. (laughs) (laughs) Greeny, have a great time tonight, and we're looking forward to it. All the coverage begins 8 o'clock with NBA Countdown on ESPN. Thanks, bud. All right, boys. Thanks for holding it down. Let's do this again tomorrow. Let's see what we're talking about. Giddy up. Love it. Greeny with us from his way up to Boston. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on your smart speaker. Up next, the single greatest pyramid scheme ever constructed in professional sports. And who's responsible for it? That's right. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. You know, Kirk Kirk Cousins in a lot of ways really is a visionary. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. And if something wasn't mentioned you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE because it probably can be. Chris, we have spent so much time talking about the fact that Lamar Jackson has not signed a contract extension. He seemingly has not wanted to do it because he wants to continue to try to build the value over the next year in being one of the top quarterbacks in the league and potentially being 
the highest paid quarterback in all of the NFL. And it's funny. You think about it, and so many of us, and I say us, and no, not you, but so many people who have opined about this can't understand why he wouldn't want to get this done at the moment, considering the kind of player uh, that he is and how he opens himself up to injury. But it's funny, if the Ravens decide that they're not going to try to sign him long-term or the, the offer is not what he wants it to be, Kirk Cousins is the roadmap here and might have a might have a claim at getting a piece of Lamar's money down the road because if he decides to go and and get all of this money through being a franchise tagged and make fifty million a year, Cousins was the first to do it. I'd want a piece of that action. <laughs> yeah, I, I cringe anytime you start talking about doing things exactly like Kirk Cousins does them. But the reality is that based on how the NFL set up the rules to protect quarterbacks, if you are in the position that Lamar Jackson is in, it's worth it to bet on yourself and to take that risk and to, you know, you know, you know, try to try to push past the fact that the potential that you could injure yourself because of what's on the other side of that, Carlin. I mean, that's the thing that everybody you know, they, they acknowledge the risk of injury, but nobody talks about why you're incurring the risk, which is this massive payoff. And I'm, I'm, I'm not under any illusions that the Ravens aren't willing to give Lamar Jackson a huge contract. Like, I know it's going to be a big-time contract north of $40 million a year, but what we're talking about, Carlin, is Lamar Jackson potentially being the highest-paid quarterback on average annual value in the National Football League. Right now, that's Aaron Rodgers at $50 million a year. Yeah. Lamar Jackson has a good chance to do that if he plays his cards right over the next two years because right now, this season, he's on the fifth-year option, which is $23 million. Next year, they'll have to franchise tag him. Based on you know the, the, the contracts and the franchise tag rules and how they con- uh, calculate that number – the ballpark for it is going to be around $44, $45 million to franchise Lamar Jackson in 2023. After that, it goes up another 20%, and you're talking about that number being $54 million to franchise him in 2024. That's not going to happen. The Ravens are not going to carry a cap charge for $54 million for Lamar Jackson in any given season. So ultimately what happens is Lamar Jackson – is looking at a two-year proposition for the Baltimore Ravens around $67, $68 million, and then having an opportunity to get to as close as he possibly can to market value. All right, but Chris, something threw me off this morning, and it was Jeremy Fowler on ESPN talking about, on GetUp, the idea that he's talked to executives around the league who think that that deal is going to be around $40 million per year. And that number feels... Very no, light. Just to give you no, an idea, that's no, right. Right. Just to give you an idea, Derek Carr is making forty point three, and then it's Josh Allen. Then the you know it goes up. Well, that Dak Prescott feels is making very light. Yeah. yeah, Dak Prescott is making forty million dollars a year. Like yeah, the deal that that Kyler Murray is going to get from the Cardinals is going to check in right around that number. But no. that, like that number would it's not it it's wouldn't not be, tick him off a little bit. No, it's it's not going to be forty million dollars a year, Carlin. It's yeah. not. It's not going to be $40 million a year. It's going to be more than Josh Allen. It's probably going to be more than Pat Mahomes on average annual value. It could be more, and I anticipate it being more than Deshaun Watson. Listen, if Lamar Jackson is insistent on playing out this fifth-year option and if he's willing to play one season under the franchise tag, 
Lamar Jackson will be the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah. Because no other quarterback is willing to go into their last season without a new deal. And teams are reticent to do that as well. They don't want to go into the season with a lame duck quarterback. They want security at the most important position in the National Football League. But Lamar Jackson is unconventional. But Chris, how do we know? Here's the thing, Carlin. We know that Lamar Jackson is okay with being unconventional because his mom is his agent. That's his representation. He's going to do things a little bit differently. And the Ravens have to be prepared for that. But if he's willing to play out the next two years, Lamar Jackson will be the highest paid player in the National Football League because he would have taken the risk of these next two years and bet on himself. And we've seen from Kirk Cousins, we've seen from Dak Prescott, that usually bodes well for the player. Another one of those guys are the caliber of player that Lamar Jackson is. But Chris, this is what bothers me about it. If executives around the league think that's where the number is going to be, it speaks to a... I think a, a kind of a, a continued disrespect for lo, what Lamar Jackson is. I mean, this is a guy who's won an MVP, and maybe he didn't have his best year last year, but he didn't have a bad year. And if you're expecting that you're not gonna that he's not gonna get paid at that level, it makes me think that not enough people around the league really truly appreciate what he is. Like he is that level of guy. He is that he is on that forty-five to forty-eight to fifty million dollar level player. If that's what the market is, he is not down. I say down at forty million a year. It sounds silly, but he's better than Derek Carr. You know, he he. He's an MVP, Carlin. Yes, this is just saying. He's an MVP. He's twenty-five years old. Am I wrong to think that people around the league still don't respect what he is? Well, here's the deal, Carlin. Lamar Jackson is not for everybody. It's unconventional in terms of his game, his skill set. It's different. It's not going to look the same as every other quarterback. There certainly is room for improvement with Lamar when it comes to downfield passing outside of the numbers. But what he does very well is passing in between the numbers in the short and intermediate areas, not to mention how he threatens a defense with his ability to be a focal point in the run game. And the Ravens have built their team, not just their offense, Carlin, but their team around Lamar Jackson. How they play is predicated on Lamar Jackson being the guy that we've seen over the last four years. So I, I don't I don't think that it's a situation where every team is going to value Lamar like that, but there are certainly teams out there in the National Football League that if Lamar Jackson were to come available – they would commit to building their team around him much in the same way that the Ravens have. So well, I, I, so this whole thing about Lamar Jackson not being worth more than $40 million a year, I, I don't buy into that. I, I absolutely think Lamar Jackson is going to blow that out of the water. He's going to be paid more than Josh Allen. You can book it. He's going to be paid more than Pat Mahomes on average annual value. You can book it. That will happen. The only question is, will he be the highest paid player in the NFL when he signs his new deal? If he's willing to play out these next two years, I'm going to say that he will be. Well, what it says to me is the guys that are not willing uh, or not uh, thinking as highly of Lamar Jackson or what he is in his career, uh, those guys, when we say he's not for everybody, he's for guys who want to win. That's what I'm interested in. And I don't know how interested those guys are if they don't value him at that level. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. In just moments, the Washington commander's situation continues to get murkier, and not just with ownership, 
at quarterback as well. We will explain what we mean in just moments on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. Taylor Heineke has some things to say. Did I? Wait, I just said that sentence. I did. Taylor Heineke has some things to say. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny today. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who wins tonight and why? And we've also got a couple of over-unders that you're going to be interested in, only if you like, you know, making money. But first, want to remind you, for all the ones who get it done, Granger is here for you, and they're always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, along with 24-7 support, experienced staff, and curbside pickup at over 250 local branches. And you can get free access to product specialists ready to help you track down hard-to-find items. Plus, Granger's commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people's safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Two things with the Washington Commanders. Number one, and that is what Taylor Heineke had to say yesterday. We all know that they have brought in Carson Wentz. We all know that that is a $30 million mistake. And we all know <laughs> that Carson Wentz is just not that good anymore. So, Enter Taylor Heineke, who, of course, started for Washington last year for the majority of the season. And what he had to say yesterday as now the commander's backup quarterback. Do you feel you'll have any opportunity at all to change people's minds in the building about the starting quarterback position? Or is that not even an option for you? <laughs> um, I don't think that's an option. You, you look at the NFL, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's kind of a business. And if, if, you're, if you're paying someone $30 million and you're paying someone else $2 million, you're paying this guy $30 million to play, you know. Um, and that's not me, you know, Carson's a great quarterback, and you see it through OTAs and, and minicamp. Um, and I hope he goes out there and succeeds. And, again, my, my, my job is just to back him up. Hopefully he's on his, his deal, help him out whatever way I can. And if for some reason he goes down, I'm ready to go play. So... And that's how I look at it. But, again, the NFL is a business. You're paying a guy a lot of money. You're paying him money for a reason. He's going to play. What do you think? 
No lies told by Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like Vegas. Money plays in the NFL. If you're paying a guy $28 million more than the guy that's behind him at his position group, then the guy that's getting paid that $30 million, he's going to be the guy that's under center. But, but Carlin, I, I don't know long? that there's a $28 million difference in terms of the production that you're getting <laughs> from Carson Wentz versus what Taylor Heineke is bringing to the table. I know that Carson Wentz is a tremendous talent, but I don't think Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. Carson Wentz ain't been a great quarterback since 2019, and you could probably make an argument that he hadn't been a great quarterback since 2017 before the knee injury. So this is the roll of the dice by the Washington Commanders. They're hoping that they can get something out of him that Doug Peterson couldn't get out of him at the end in Philadelphia and that Frank Reich, his offensive coordinator in 2017 in Philly, couldn't get out of him when he was with the Indianapolis Colts last year. They're hoping that they can get something out of him that those two organizations couldn't. I'm betting that they don't. And so, so it's, now, it, it's now up to the Washington commanders to you know figure out how they can try to make this decision work. I just don't see a path to being able to do that, especially with them being at odds with the best skill position player on the team in T- Terry McLaurin, a guy that wants a new deal that didn't show up to minicamp. So this is going to be an interesting season for the Washington commanders, but I, I don't think it's going to lead to anything positive or any kind of resolutions in terms of who their long-term quarterback is. Well, right now, there is the $28 million difference in salary, but there won't be in production. And I'm going to predict that Taylor Heineke will be starting at some point this year because of a lack of production. I mean, I, I think that could happen. Really? By, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it, think about but think about what the season will have to look like for Taylor Heineke to be put in that starting role yep. if Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt. The yep. season would have to come off the rails, right? Yep. So if the season does and come off the rails, if the season rail, comes off on. the rails, it's because of Wentz. But yeah, but okay, and that's all well and good. But if the season does come off the rails and you're not going to be a playoff contender, then why wouldn't you go with the rookie and Sam Howell? Maybe you will at some point. Yeah. But I think he may not number one. You and I both know that when you're a rookie and you're trying to play, you have to be able to show that at least you might not be that far off. So there is something in there. We have both known that there are quarterbacks that people scream and yell, why not play the kid and see what he's got? There are some times when that kid does not belong on the field. Yeah, and that's all well and good, but you got nothing to lose anyway if you're the commanders at that point. Because the season but, would have to be the season right, well, would have to be so far gone with Carson. All I'm let me put it let me this. put it another way though. Go ahead. Let's say the season is not all that far gone, but Carson Wentz is playing poorly. Let's say that the Washington Commanders defense is playing at the level that we have expected it to, and they actually, you know, Chase Young is hopefully back and closer to being, you know, near what he, he was expected to be, and they are getting after the quarterback, and they're actually in a lot of games, and that NFC East is not a great division. But Carson Wentz is not holding up his end of the bargain. Are you going to tell me we're not going to see Heineke? I think it's possible. No, I, I mean, you're threading a needle with the scenario you're laying out. And I think under those circumstances, you would see Heineke but because there would be something it, to play for. But is it that tight of a needle I'm really threading there? Yeah, it is. Because I think that the people that are in charge in Washington are going to double down on the decision to fork over a third-round pick <laughs> and, and other compensation in order to bring Carson Wentz from the Indianapolis Colts. Then that's They're what not- separates Washington from being a good franchise exactly, like the Indianapolis Colts. Exactly right, Carlin. Now you're understanding it. You can't, you can't assign 
some uh, a functional, rational thought process to the Washington Commanders because this is an organization that proved that have proven to be anything but. So all I'm simply saying is this: I expect the Carson Wentz experiment in Washington to be an unmitigated disaster, and I don't think it's going to end well for the Commanders. And I think this is the team that finishes in the cellar in the NFC East. That's how far I'm willing to go, and that's how far far south this thing goes, even with Ron Rivera as their head coach. And then there's Daniel Snyder, who has declined to testify in front of Congress at the investigation into all of the wrongdoing, including the sexual misconduct investigation of the Washington Commanders. I'm going to be out of the country, Daniel Snyder said. They were unwilling to move the date for me to testify. I was more than willing to do it. But, you know, listen, this is a pre-planned commander's business trip that I cannot possibly change. You can't change it for a congressional hearing about the workplace at your organization? When is enough enough? Honestly, when is enough? Even if it just boils down to the owners in the NFL not being able to prove that he actually kept money from them, if that's what puts them over the top, I don't care. It should have been enough enough before, but... What has to put them over the top into forcing Daniel Snyder out of being the owner of the Washington Commanders because it is the only thing that must happen? Yeah, I mean, the NFL owners have shown the only thing that they really, really care about is the bottom line. They care about their money. Now, if Daniel Snyder was withholding a portion of revenue that should be shared revenue amongst the other 31 teams in the league, then I think that would be a sticking point. But... As far as a hostile workplace environment where sexual harassment ran rampant, then 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 I, I don't know that that's going to be enough in and of itself to have the other owners oust Daniel Snyder, and that's really sad that that's the state of affairs with the National Football League. Now, I also have to we also have to be fair with the NFL and cite the fact that they forced Jerry Richardson to sell the Carolina Panthers because of a sexual harassment issue that he had within his organization, but that was that was Jerry Richardson himself being accused. This is different, but Daniel Snyder is the one that's supposed to set the tone for what kind of environment it's supposed to be with his team, and the fact that they fell so far short of the mark, and this is something that took place over the better part of a decade in terms of this type of behavior, this type of misogynist attitude toward women, that's the scary part about it, in that Daniel Snyder can't stand in front of Congress and answer and account for that, that's the part to me that's disgusting. And if you're a Washington Commanders fan, you should absolutely be livid that the owner can't be more accountable for what took place and how these women were treated in that organization. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. The NBA Finals are on ESPN Radio. Tune in. It's Game 6 tonight as the Celtics host the Warriors. Coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Okay, Chris, in the span of the next 60 seconds, let's make some people some money. Let's do it by giving you Three props to look at tonight and the over-unders on them. I'm going to throw them at you. You give me your initial response over-under, and we will go from there and try to make people some cash. You ready? All right, let's do it. Clay Thompson, over-under 20 and a half points tonight. 
I'm fading it, man. I'm going under. I don't think Clay is going to have that huge game. And I get it. People are trying to make game six Clay a ten a thing. Talking about how he scored twenty five plus points in six of his last seven game sixes. You're talking about two of them being this postseason. The other ones were on the other side of the Achilles and the ACL. So I don't know that I can assign that level of success to Clay Thompson. I'm going to take the under on that one, under 20 and a half. Give me the over on Clay tonight. Clay will have a very good game this evening. I, I expect that to happen. I am keeping take integrity of saying the Warriors in six, even though I think there's a strong chance that the Celtics will win tonight. But I'm going to go Clay over 20 and a half. Steph Curry over under four and a half three pointers. Oh, I'm going over. Yeah, I'm going over. I feel great about this. After snapping his streak of 132 consecutive playoff games with a three-point make, he went 0 for 9 from the field. Steph Curry is not going to have any reservations about putting it up. And, Carlin, the thing that gives me confidence about this is that the last time he was at TD Garden, he saw the ball go through the hoop an awful lot. He dropped 43 points on the Boston Celtics' heads. I don't think it's going to be that kind of performance, but I look for Steph to get it going early and often in this one. I'm going to say somewhere around six or seven three-point makes. Yeah, uh, this is what we call a Lacadini. Go over. <laughs> listen, only listen to this if you're interested in making money tonight. I am going over four and a half. This, to me, is going to be one of those sit back and enjoy the show type situations for Steph when when he hits four in the first half and you only have to hit worry about him hitting one in the second half. I am all over that one. Last one, Jason Tatum, 27 and a half points tonight. I'm going to go over on this number, Carlin. You I'm not, fool. I'm not saying it with my chest. I'm not. And I know that everybody's throwing out the stat that Jason Tatum is averaging over 31 points in elimination games this postseason. But to me, it's, it's out of necessity. If Tatum doesn't ball, if Tatum doesn't go north of 30, then the Boston Celtics have no chance at making this a seven-game series, and their season is over with. This is the last game in TD Garden. I think Jason Tatum gives the home fans something to root for and something to look forward to in his performance tonight. So I'm going to say Jason Tatum, not only does he go over on the 27.5, I'm saying that he goes over 30 points tonight. I am going under. Fade it. Fade it if you want to cash in. I think Tatum is going to have another stinker tonight. I think he's going to get tight, Neil. You know where? And I think it could be an ugly, ugly evening at TD Garden. You just want to be right because you picked Warriors in six. That's all that is. That's you all just that's ever important right. to me is being right. And Carlin, you know what's important to me? Mm. Trying to figure out which direction I'm going with these shoes for my wedding, well, man. This the is wedding what I was going to bring continue. up. This is what I was going to bring up. What is going on here? Why is there controversy around the shoes that you're going to wear for your wedding? Well, here's the thing. I put on the regular Oxford with the tuxedo just to see how it would look, and the wifey felt like it was a little too formal, so she wants me to try it's a to wedding. put on... Yeah, I, I get it, but she wants me to be ready to party at the reception, Carl, and the wedding is going to be 15 minutes. The reception is going to be five hours. So she wants me ready to party, and she doesn't think that the Oxford lends itself to being in party mode. So she wants me to go with the slipper look or the loafer look. Yeah. And big fella, I like it. I like the look on smaller guys. I, I don't know that that's something that 6'8", 340 pounds can pull off at the wedding. And so I got to ask my other fellow 300-pounder, is that something you think I could do? Wear the slipper, 
No socks with the tuxedo. That's the look for my wedding and reception. Just Do you clar- think I can pull it off? Clarify one thing for me. Is this What's a, up? Is this a black tie wedding situation? This is a, I, can't, I forget the term. It's fancy, but yes, it's going to be formal. Yes. Okay. Uh, here's where I am with this. You can absolutely pull it off. I'm thinking just a lovely pair of men's velvet formal slippers. Yes. How about that? that? That's what she is thinking as well. The men's velvet slippers. That's what she wanted me to go with. I was more the fan of the patent leather, no, but she wants me no. to go with the velvet slippers. My, my friend, you need to stay away from the patent leather. We don't do that. Patent leather on large men, I mean, it, it can get very shiny. That is not a good look. You <laughs> want to convey comfort. The velvet slipper. There it is. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.